Hi, Jeff. Hey, Keith. How you doing? <laughs> doing all right. <laughs> well, welcome to the second edition of um, of Analog Bias with Keith Reed. Yeah, this is uh, this is Jeff Botten. Um, I just made that sound like this is Analog Bias with Keith Reed, and you're just a B section to my to my <laughs> to my A section. By the way, yeah. Can you hear my barking dogs? I can. I can. Yeah, well, ugh, I'm not going to be able I- to get that out of this recording. <laughs> well, I think the barking dogs actually kind of a good, uh, kind of a good lead into uh, to, to to one of to, to kind of our topic for today, <laughs> which is maybe this is a very abstract lead in, but it's creativity and distractions in being creative. Yeah, and, and, and how and how to stay on top of your creativity. Right. Yeah, the dogs being one of the many responsibilities that I and feel, distractions. Yeah, that I feel distract me from actually uh, working on the things I want to work on. Not to that say was, I don't. That was abstract. That was a very abstract lead. <laughs> not to say I don't love the dogs. I, I, they're awesome. I love having them around, but they definitely do make it tough to get work done sometimes. Maybe before we jump into that, though, what are you drinking today, Keith? Well, it's 80 degrees down here in Dallas, so I'm drinking a very summery drink. I know that we've been uh, attempting to stay on whiskey, but I'm drinking Campari and orange juice. Make fun of me if you will, but when it's 80 degrees, you kind of want to drink something summery, and it's a nice red color. All right. It is definitely not summery up here in Boston. <laughs> well, that's um, a shame. You should move to Dallas. Yeah, not not going to happen right now. <laughs> um, yeah, what are you I'm, drinking? I'm still working on this gym beam and I think my embarrassment at how slowly I'm, I'm working my way through this thing is actually going to drive me to drinking. Um, <laughs> well, I, I think that it's a, it's going to make me seem like an alcoholic because every time we do talk about this, I'm going to be drinking something new. <laughs> so I, I, apparently I just work my way through liquor bottles really quickly. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and commit to saying one more episode of Jim beam and then I'm going to have to be finished with, with this thing. So I don't I, know. I, I hope you're finished by the next episode. Well, I, no, I'm not committing to being finished by the next episode. I'm committing to one more episode with this bottle, and then I'll be finished for the second one. Well, Jeff, similar to your problems with being creative, you need to commit to being creative, and you need to commit to finishing that bottle of Jim Beam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe if I, if I can finish the bottle, I can actually uh, go off on a creative tangent. I think you could because... Contrary to some more, you know, conservative people's views, liquor does help you be creative. So go ahead and drink it, Jeff. You'll be creative. Well, it's if not just any, if there's anybody who's really young listening to this. I really hope they don't take that seriously. <laughs> it's a. Uh, it's not just creativity out like outright creativity for me. It's also just um, making time and space to to work on projects. Mm. Um, so you know, a portion of that is creativity, like you know, writing songs or or working on ideas. But a lot of it is just um, you know, moving things forward. I guess yeah, it's a, it's equal parts of that. Like if um, maybe a good example is I'm working on mixes for my band right now, and we've been working on this project for an embarrassingly long time. And partly it is scheduling. You know, when can we all get together to work on stuff? You know, when are we going to record the guitars? When are we going to do the vocals? But part of it is. I have all the files on my computer right now and I just need to sit down and crank out some work, you know, knock out, uh, knock out some edits, knock out some mixes so that they can give me feedback and then we can get together and, you know, incorporate their feedback. Um, but what I've found is that I just struggle to engage sometimes. 
And mm-hmm. I, I think probably, you know, I was kind of trying to figure out, trying to organize my thoughts on this. And there's um, a lot of things, you know, life gets complicated. Making music isn't my, uh, isn't my income. It's, you know, I've got a, I've got a regular is it, job. Is it anybody's? <laughs> it's, it's a valid question. Dave Grohl's. Yeah. Um, there, there's probably a few people, but I mean, there are definitely people whose, whose profession is more closely tied to, to the arts than mine. Mm-hmm. Um, but between like, you know, working the nine to five job, um, that often has me traveling, you know, probably an average of, uh, let's see the last seven weeks. I think I was on the road for three of them. So, um, and that, that's a, a little bit anomalous, but not totally uncommon for me in my travel. So you know, traveling eats up a lot of time. Um, on top of that, I've got so many projects and interests that I'm trying to push forward, you know, you're being torn in so many different directions. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, we're, we're trying to do this podcast. I'm trying to finish up the, this, uh, the set of recordings with my band, rehearsing with the band, playing shows, um, doing some coding, working on some like iOS stuff. Uh, you know, then there's all just like the little things in life, the stuff, you know, you gotta, gotta clean the kitchen from time to time. You gotta do laundry. You gotta do the dishes. Gotta, gotta walk the dogs. Gotta walk the dogs. Um, just, just kind of like all this stuff piles up to a place where I feel like it's hard to engage and it's hard to move things forward. Um, right. Yeah. Do you have the, the same, the same issues at all, Keith? Um, I do. I mean, I think that, um, I think that any normal person really does. I think that, you know, part of the issue with finding time to, you know, tackle all the different projects, you know, regardless of, you know, whether it's coding or writing or just finishing recordings. Yeah. I I think the problem with it is that you're going to eventually have to figure out what you want to let go by the wayside and not completely in your life, but you have to kind of figure out the little things that you can kind of let go of because, um, you know, you're not going to be able to attack everything, you know, and sometimes maybe one week you don't clean the kitchen as often as you should, or, you know, it's like, like the dogs need to be walked or else they're going to pee all over the house, which probably isn't, isn't favorable. But I, 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 I do have the same problem. Absolutely. I mean, I, I think it's foolish to say that, you know, that, that any, anybody doesn't, um, but, you know, I think that a really, you know, to, to kind of get into it, a really important thing for me as far as, uh, as far as being creative and, you know, finding time to finish whatever. I, I'm, not, I'm not coding, mind you, but, you know, it's like whether it's writing, uh, writing diff- new material for bands, writing new material, just solo stuff, uh, learning how, I want to learn how to play lap steel and I've been trying to figure that out a lot, you know. Oh, yeah, man, well, that, that is on my list too. Right. Although I've definitely bumped it down. I, I've got too many things in front of me to take care of before I can right. bite off and something I'm, like that. I'm learning how to set up guitars and replace electronics and guitars. It's like stuff like that. It's like, but I think a huge, a huge, um, a huge component of f- finding time to do this is actually finding the time that, mm-hmm. that you, that works best for you. And I, I mean the actual like time of day. Okay. And I, I don't know if that's, maybe just really unique to me, but I, um, I, I find that I work best, um, in the middle of the night. 
you know, and I don't, I don't think everybody does, but I work best like literally after midnight between like one and four in the morning. Yeah. And I've definitely (laughs) experienced you working at those hours back when we were roommates. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so I, I agree. I mean, I actually find that that time slot can be that, that same time slot can be really productive for me, but it doesn't, it just logistically doesn't work. I can't, I can't do that most days. The only, the only days of the week I could, I could bite off that time slot are Friday and Saturday night. And usually Friday nights, I'm pretty wiped out from the week and it's just not going to happen. Doing it it on Saturday would put me into like, it just throw me off for the, for the coming week. Fair. And I understand that, you know, and again, I am an anomaly in that sense. It's it's like, I can do that on a Tuesday night and still wake up and get my day underway. It's like, it's, it's a little different. You have significantly more responsibility during your day than I I probably do, but it's just, but still, it's like somehow I still do wake up at seven in the morning and, you know, make, make whatever I need to make happen, happen during the day. But I, I think that, you know, that time of the day works really well for me. You know, it's not going to work well for everybody. Not because, I mean, like, like you said, it's like you find that, that time, you know, that 3 a.m. really great, but it's not going to work for you with your schedule. But right. I think that, I think that finding a time that does work for you, maybe it is like Saturday at four in the afternoon. Maybe that's like the prime time for Jeff Vaughn to get some shit done, you know, and it's 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 one of those things that it's like whatever it is, I, I I'm a huge proponent of finding your time, you know. Yeah, I I think I mean I, I agree with that. I, I think that there is definitely something to be said for you know finding finding a time slot that works repeatedly. But just thinking about you know a typical week for me, there are, I guess, there isn't a time that I can think of that could work every day. Except mm-hmm. first thing in the morning, and I am just not a morning person. Maybe, maybe this try, is an indication. Try it. Yeah, try maybe, it. maybe it's your time. <laughs> maybe this is an indication that I need to just rearrange everything about my schedule and, and make that happen. But um, you, know, you know, some nights during the week are are about rehearsal. You know, sometimes there's errands to be done, so there isn't like a consistent time I can do daily. And when I when I look at it more on like a weekly basis, like, oh yeah, Saturday afternoons at 4 p.m., that's the time. To me, that's just dismaying to only be able to do it like once a week because then I'll spend six days of the week anxious and antsy for it. And I don't know. A lot of expectations when that one one or two days of the week come up. <laughs> and then clearly those expectations will never, never be met. Right. Uh, well, then I, I think that that's fair. It's like, and I think that there's a lot of, you know, probably the vast majority of people aren't going to be able to just, you know, set aside time every night of the week. The vast majority of people aren't going to be able to work in the middle of the night. Right. For every day of the week. But so then, I mean, in, in that case, then it's like you really need to try to balance, like, like think about your time and think about, you know, it's like, it's, it's, it's hard, you know. Wake up at seven in the morning, or however early you wake up. You know, you work until six. You get home. Maybe it takes you an hour to get home. You get home at seven. Then all of a sudden, you you get home and you're like, you know, I've earned it. I need I need to eat dinner and relax for a couple hours. Watch TV. You know, do this and that. Turn on turn on the latest Game of Thrones. (laughs) Yeah. If if that's what you're into, you know, it's like, and then suddenly it's ten o'clock, and then you know you're kind of sitting there, you know, thinking about getting started at that moment is probably hard, you know, because it's like now you've kind of settled into, uh, settled into, you know, relaxation mode. But 
I think that some some things that could like that could help in 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 those moments. And these are these are little things, but I, I I still think that these little things can kind of help to get get on the right track. Is you know, and I don't think you have a problem with this, but the first one is you know always whatever it is that you're working on, whether it's you know either whether it's mixes or whether it's you know playing instruments or whether it's whatever it is you know writing code it's like whatever that equipment is that you're using never like like it, for me it's writing for me it's mm-hmm. playing it's like i never put my guitars or my instruments away they're never in a closet they're always out they're always on guitar stands they're always on the couch they're always you know hanging on the wall it's like they're everywhere it's like my keyboard is set up in my bedroom you know so it's always in front of me it's always a presence so that if i'm not doing it I feel horrifyingly guilty because I have to stare at them like they're neglected puppies, and I and and I'm not and I and I'm not utilizing them. I'm uh, knocking my microphone over here. I don't. Know if you I can, can. I can see that you're having some problems. <laughs> can, can you hear it? <laughs> I can't hear it, but I can see that you're having some issues. It's still it's still floating around. There, I can uh, hear that. There we go. All right, I think I think that's better. <laughs> Sorry I, about that. <laughs> but I think that if you leave stuff like that out, so that you can see it, and so that you know, there's almost this you know form of guilt that forms over you if you don't do it. Mm. Even if you like, for five minutes, you sit down with a guitar and you just kind of like play something. You know, it's not going to say that that's going to be you know the next, you know the next you know super mega hit of the summertime. You know, you're, you're not you're not about to sit down and and write in utero or anything like that. But, you know, it's like if you sit down for five minutes and play, that's five minutes more than you didn't play it. And then maybe right. you do do something that you're going to get excited about. And the more you get excited about what you're doing, the more time that you're going to delegate for that. So that maybe at 10 o'clock after you've done all your relaxation time, you actually are excited to pick that instrument up for an hour. And this is just instruments. You know, this mm-hmm. could go for anything, mind you. But, you know, I, it, that's what I always do. It's like, you know, I think we were talking uh, you know, a little bit ago and, you know, the other day I sat down for five minutes. We were going to the store or something like that, and I sat down and I and I just literally for five five minutes I played something, and I'm really excited to get back to it. It's just this riff, you know, something on on the guitar that you know it's like it could turn into absolutely nothing. But I played it for five minutes, and now I'm looking for that time right. that I can have to myself. You know, it's and I, and I think that that's crucial. It's just. To even if you don't have the hour to spend, or the two hours to spend, or the three and three to five in the morning to spend, to find five minutes just right. to find something that you're excited about. So I, I mean, I, I totally even like going back to the last idea you were just on, which was you know having having your tools, basically your tools. If we mm. abstract instruments, that's a that's a good way to put it. Uh, you know, readily available. So there's. I, I, the thought that jumped into my mind was sort of the friction that I, I have. Um, you know, I have a desk. I have some Ikea desk that I bought like five or six years ago that is should be adequately sized. Um, but it somehow never is. And between, I've got uh, two, two <laughs> this is ridiculous, two computers on here. I've got um, Behringer, little mixing board, MIDI controller, Mbox, cables, hard drives. And, uh, so I usually end up with stuff stacked on top of whatever thing I need to do or whatever it is that I want to work on isn't set up right away. And the few times that I've, I've gotten it to a place where, you know, I know I need to be working on mixes. Everything is set up. So all I have to do is literally open the computer and open the file. And, and there's no other friction that has helped me a lot, but 
recently, you know, I've been jumping back and forth between things so much between, um, with, well, with some of the iOS stuff I'm doing, uh, you know, I've got to have room on here for devices and cables for that. Um, pushing computers around. I almost think maybe setting up like a, a second workspace, um, so that I can have this space always ready to go for mixing would I be, think, yeah. I think that that's really good. I, th- I think having like in this, like, you know, a clean workspace is, is mm-hmm. really, really helpful. I mean, I also think that I, I, I know that you have a room, you have your office, your music. I do. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, pretty lucky. I have a whole, a whole you, room here to work in. You are lucky, but I bet that you keep all of your instruments in that room. Yep. That's true. That's I true. Think, I think that's a mistake. I, for years, had second music rooms and stuff like that. And I think that that's actually a great thing to have. I, mm-hmm. I would I would love to have a, a place where I could set up my stuff. But I would never relegate all of my instruments ever again to one room. Because then again, you can close the door off. And then it's just like, you don't see your computers. You don't see the mixing boards. You don't see the instruments. Now, you're not going to set up your mixing board in the middle of your living room. You're just right. not going to do it. It's like, right. that's too much hassle. But... It's if you have something out there, you know, guitars are artwork. Instruments mm-hmm. are pieces of art. You know, they really are. They look beautiful. You know, yeah. it's like even the most beat up ones look beautiful. I am a huge, you know, I'm strongly in favor of at least having one out in the open, out for you to see. So it's like, again, it's an overhanging guilt that you know that you should be doing something, but you're not. Instead, you're watching Game of Thrones. Yeah, that's true. I- and I'm sure Peter Dinklage is awesome in that. He he is really amazing, yeah. But I would rather be playing guitar. I'm sorry, Peter. <laughs> um, no, man, that that's true. And I have uh, I have my guitar here on a stand right next to my desk. And you know, every time we talk or every time I'm mixing something, I'm looking at the guitar. And then I'm like, oh, I should I should really pick up the guitar again. Um, but the but time I'm never, you should be thinking about that is when you're watching TV, not when you're mixing or talking I, to me. I totally agree. No, you know what? I'm I'm making a note right here. I'm going to move the guitar to the living room. Exactly. I think that that's, I mean, honestly, it doesn't have to live there forever, but it's like, I think that that's a good thing to do. I mean, I have my guitar, I have my guitar and my bass in the living room. I have all of my records in the living room. You know, I have my keyboard in my bedroom. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, given I'm not, I, I don't have a, a music room right now. Hopefully soon I will have another one, but you know, it's like, it's just one of those situations that even when I do, I'm not going to put everything in there. Yeah. I like that. I, I think that's a, that's a good tip. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to implement that and I'll let you know how that works. (laughs) Awesome. Well, so then I think that, you know, we've kind of gone, gone, gone over some tips, but I think that, you know, so once you've kind of gotten into a groove with, you know, starting to do, do, do your, you know, like finding time or like, you know, maybe even like finding five minutes to play or five minutes to listen, you know, it's like listen to your mixes or, you know, do, do whatever or think about new, you know, software or ideas or, you know, whatever, whatever creativity is that strikes you, you know, and, and you start getting into the mode that you start actually having time. You start having like blocks of, you know, right. a couple hours and, you know, you're a Saturday, you're home alone. Maybe the dogs are gone if you're lucky enough. <laughs> and, um, and you, uh, no, no comment there. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know, but you, uh, you find yourself home and you have, you know, two hours and, you know, suddenly you're like, all right, I'm in, I want to sit down. I want to mix, write, uh, you know, brainstorm, whatever it is. And you sit down and, you know, the ideas just aren't coming out. 
Yeah. You know, it's like, and suddenly, you know, if you're trying to write guitar music, you know, you're just, nothing's coming out. Or if you're trying to mix, you're just, you feel like you're deaf or, you know, mm-hmm. you're brainstorming and nothing's coming. That's, you know, that's super common. Clearly it's like, I don't have to tell anybody that that's common, you know, but that's super common, but you shouldn't then resort back to being like, well, screw it. I'm going to have a bowl of cinnamon toast crunch and call it a day on this one. <laughs> it's like, you should still, you, you should still use that excitement to, you know, put on headphones and listen to some vinyl or learn some smashing pumpkins tunes or, you know, yeah. you know, really listen to, uh, to your mixes and maybe it doesn't mean that you're gonna actually mix something but just really just like listen it's like and don't don't just call it a day on it it's like if you if, if you can if you have that excitement and you have that time don't let it go by the wayside you know it's it's you know it's it's a huge problem that you know everybody has i have it too i'm not saying that you know i'm you know i'm the most you know i'm not like the dalai lama of creativity you know i've eaten yeah. too many bowls of cinnamon toast crunch oh, but, there's no such thing as too many bowls of cinnamon toast crunch <laughs> uh Probably not, but yeah. however, it's just, it's one of those things that, you know, you do really have to use that excitement that you have to, you know, really, you know, Scott, you know, just rocket yourself into doing whatever it is, you know, and you can't go wrong listening, listening to anything, you know, it's like, or, you know, even, you know, reading music blogs, reading tech blogs. It's like, I know it's all kind of like, it seems like time wasters, but as long as your, your head is in the same, like the same airspace, it's like, at least you're still, you know, you're still involved with that, with that side of your brain or that part of your, part of your psyche. Right. Does that make sense at all? Yeah. Yeah. I actually, I like that a lot. Um, I think, uh, one of the things that I have found working for me quite a bit recently has been sort of short-term sprints on projects okay because it's so easy for me to just not put myself in the right space to or even if i know there's something i should be working on like i really should crack those mixes open and and take a listen to them tonight um it's so easy to feel that oh that's not urgent and the kitchen's a mess so i should probably you know clean the kitchen instead of cracking these mixes open um what I've been doing recently is putting like just short-term goals in place um, saying, okay, uh, two weeks from now, these two songs are going to be mixed. So that means I've got to spend a couple hours doing some editing stuff. I've got to uh, take a pass at mixing them, send the files around, get some feedback and and do a second pass. Like that's, that's what's got to happen between now and two weeks from now. And I've tried a bunch of variations on this. Um, I found if I make my goals too short term, like if I'm like, okay, three days from now, this is what's going to be done. Usually if I actually look at a calendar, there's like one day of those three that I can actually plan on getting anything done. And then when I'm not in the right headspace that one night, Mm -hmm. I'm just like, the goal is blown out of the water. There's no way I'm going to hit it. It's like, I'm, I'm letting myself down. I'm letting anybody else I've committed to. I'm letting them down. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if, you know, in contrast, if I set like a goal that's too far out, then there's just no urgency. There's no, like, I don't need to do that tonight. So I think, I, I think that you, there was an underlying point of, of, of what you said. That's actually interesting is that you, um, you, for your mixes, for example, you are, 
you send it around to people. There are people who are actually relying on those mixes, and, and you've made a commitment to some other people as yeah. well. I think that whenever anybody can actually have, you know, have co-conspirators. That's the wrong word, but I like that word. No, yeah, I think, I think that's good. <laughs> if, if 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 you can ever have co-conspirators in in your projects, and you're never going to have them in all of them, but I think that's that's really good um, means of keeping you honest. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it really it really keeps your feet to the flames. You know, so they say, you know, to to actually get things done, whether you set deadlines for yourself or whether it's just to the next rehearsal. I know that when I'm playing in bands. And when I have people relying on me to come up with ideas every rehearsal, I know that I'm significantly more prone to sit down for many hours, you know, a night just, you know, thinking up, yeah. you know, th- think thinking up new lines, thinking up new, you know, you know, everything. It's, I, I think that when you have other people relying on you, you really do have a tendency, you know, when you know that shit's not going to get done unless you get it done, mm-hmm. you know, and then you're going to, you know, have to face down, you know, three or four people who look real disappointed. Yeah, you know, it's definitely easier to kind of you know push yourself to that point to get it done. Right. Um, and another thing that I've noticed is that then, in turn, when I'm working in a group of people like that and I'm pushing myself to get it done, I also I find that I'm more creative singularly as well. Like I I, I find that when I have other projects going on that I'm really pushing for. I I generally will then my own personal things again, regardless of what that is. I find myself really being super inspired to work on those. You know, I, I have the exact same experience. Um, I have had, I can probably count like four or five discrete projects right now that I'm, I've been pushing forward variously. And I I think the last month I've been doing a pretty good job. And part of that is that I have, you know, there's so much that even though things, very few of these projects have a short-term deadline, um, Knowing that I'm going to have maybe at most one night of the week to devote to each one has has lit a bit of a fire behind me, and mm-hmm. I know I have to be productive. And that sense of urgency has really pushed everything forward. It, I think I've accomplished more on all five of those than I would have accomplished on any one of them if I only had one over the same time period, which, which seems preposterous, but I've been in a in a really productive mood recently. And um, I'm happy with the results. Absolutely. I mean, I, th- I think that, I mean, that's, you know, that, that that's kind of the proof right there. That's, you know, that you, when you have a few different, you know, you, people always think that, you know, if you have too many things going on at the same time, you're never going to get anything done. Mm. I, actually, I actually feel like if, if you, and you can't have like 25 projects going on, but it's like right. if, if you have a few going on, it's suddenly, you know, your mind will get into that mode. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's it's not saying that it's easy when you're traveling as much as you are, but it's like, but it's like even, but if you're in that mode, you have to capitalize on it. You know, it's like you can't, you have to make sure that you know, if you are traveling, it's like you always have a means to be creative wherever you are. You know, and I think that with modern technology the way it is, that's so easy these days. You know, it's like you can have an iPad or you can have on your phone little app, you can have a garage band app on your phone at the very least I, I know it's not the greatest thing but it's like it's ways to be creative or if you're traveling you know i know that you've you, you'll fight me on this one but take your guitar with you it's not mm-hmm. that hard i mean it's like given when you travel you work 16 hour days i realize this but yeah yeah i know we we talked about this a little beforehand so for for anybody listening to this thing and when i'm traveling for work my goal is to get home as soon as i can so usually i end up working brutally long days so that i can compress the overall trip um, but 
I know what you're saying, Keith. And, and while I'm not sure I would carry a guitar with me on a trip, just because the the risk factor on the guitar is so high and on the list of ways I'm creative, guitar is not near the top at all. Fair. Um, I definitely do take my iPad and I definitely do work on ideas and I've got my computer and my iLock so I can fire up Pro Tools and make some tweaks to things. And, you know, if I'm gone somewhere for like a Monday to Friday trip, there might be one, one and a half nights where I am in the hotel room and I can work on something. And I think that's important. I, I, like I, I really do. I think that that's, you know, so you just don't break stride. Even, even if, you know, you're in a creative mode and, you know, you go on, you know, on business for, you know, five days. I'm not saying every five, all five nights or all five days, you're going to have like, you know, you're going to have an hour or even you know, half an hour to do anything. But if you find, you know, half an hour, one of those nights, it's like, at least you're not going on a drought, you yeah. know? And then when you get home, chances are, it's like if you go on a drought, you're just going to continue that. And then Game of Thrones will be calling your name. Oh man. And it's so easy to watch Game of Thrones on the road too, with the HBO Go app and the oh, Comcast. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, but fortunately my wife wants to watch that stuff too. So I'm not, uh, not about to do that on the road. When no, the, with me. There, there you go. <laughs> Lists of things Jeff can't do on the road. Watch Game of Thrones. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So I think um, maybe like the one, the one other thing that has kind of worked for me, and I just want to put it out there, is um, I, I know that I need to have an open block of time, like a, a big chunk of time to move something forward. Even if I know that like, there's only an hour of mixing I need to do tonight. Or if I could just sit down for like two hours, I could get all of these guitar parts edited and ship it off to my guitar player for him to check out. Um, if I block in two hours to get that two hour project done, I'm going to fall. I'm going to fail. Um, partly I think it's hard sometimes to get going at the moment I expect to get going you know, something comes up, I'm having a conversation or, oh yeah, I should probably take the dogs out before I get started on this. And 20, totally. minutes, 20 minutes later, I'm getting back to it. I, I just, I know that I need to budget like twice as much time as I actually expect the work to take. And that gives me time to kind of like ease into it. And then when I'm eased into it, I still feel like I have plenty of time. There's no pressure, even if it's going to take me longer than I think it's going oh to take. God. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, it's, it's like scheduling rehearsal time. You know, you have to, if, if you want to rehearse for two hours, you have to schedule at least four hours. You need to, <laughs> I mean, because people need to set up, people want to break down, people need to go take smoke breaks. You know, it's like, it's just what it is. It's like, you, yep. you, you, if you can't, you can't schedule a, a finite, the exact finite no, the amount of time that you need to get this stuff done. It's like, it has to be, you know, you, you have to, you have to schedule and expect for you have to anticipate that's what I was talking about. You have to anticipate mm. for, you know, human error, I suppose, or just like just yeah. life. You have to anticipate life. Yeah. You know, it's just how it is. It's like regardless if it's you solitarily, you know, doing things or with a group of people, mm-hmm. you're never gonna hit two hours in two hours. Yeah, right. And and so part of that, I guess the time that I'm really able to find big blocks of time to tackle things usually works out to be the weekends. And so one of the things I've been trying to, like the last couple of months, I've been trying to be very conscious of your weekends usually get consumed with like, oh yeah, family, they want you to come visit or um, you make, make plans to 
I don't know. Traveling, traveling is a big thing. Just commitments to work on like weekend long projects. Like if somebody asks me to help with a recording that, that can usually eat up a whole weekend. Um, I've been trying very consciously to keep at least 50% of my weekends open. Like, I guess I'm really looking at like every, every month I look at the calendar and as soon as I'm down to two weekends with no plans, I start saying no to things people ask me to do so that I can have the time to, to address this stuff. Anytime I let it get worse than that, um, I usually find that I am a very cranky person and not <laughs> an enjoyable person to live with. Well, I, I think that that definitely takes a, a, a good amount of, um, a good amount of discipline to be able to say no to people. I think that, you know, it's, it's, it's something, I think it's a mode that we all should get into is to be able to say no, if, if, if you want to get, if you, if you want to get stuff done. But I mean, I'm envious of you for that. It's like, I, 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 I try to, you know, I have, I have a problem with booking myself up way too much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Although I've got to believe, I mean, I know you, you just moved recently, right? And mm-hmm. I'm sure you guys are, are meeting people and making plans on the weekends, but you might have a natural advantage kind of built in from not knowing a ton of people down there. That is, that is true. I mean, I think that though with that, you know, I, I, my, my game was thrown off for a little bit, you know, with, with moving in general, it just kind of, you know, your, your, your headspace goes into a different mode. It's like, you're just kind of getting reacclimated. You're kind of figuring out. It's like, I wasn't, I wasn't writing. I wasn't super productive for a while. I'm just finally getting back into it because, you know, you know, it's just, there, there is kind of like a shock yeah. in, in moving. It's like you get comfortable in a certain, you know, I was comfortable in the city for so long, no matter where I was in the city, I was comfortable mm-hmm. writing and, you know, being productive there that, you know, moving to a new space, you know, did, did kind of throw, throw my, th- throw my productivity off. And I think that finally I'm getting back into it, but yeah, you know, that is actually helpful. I mean, I think that on the one hand, it's like not having, you know, the pressures of, you know, day-to-day life where it's like you have a huge network of people that you know, right, you know, right. is, is helpful. But at the same time, we are really trying to force ourselves to get out significantly more. So if there's mm-hmm. a, if there's a lazy night, we, um, or a night with no plans, then we do try to think of everything that we can do to make sure that we're not just being hermits. Right. right. So, but I think that finally I am getting back into a mode where I, I, I found, you know, I found my my groove in writing again down here, and I, and I think you know, I think I, I'm I'm seeing the results now. Yeah, but you commented on uh, not being hermits there, and I think that's one thing that does kind of eat at me is as I say no to people, I have this sort of underlying fear of being antisocial, of not wanting to say no, but also knowing that if I don't say no, I'm not going to enjoy myself mm-hmm. while I'm out doing whatever thing it is well if you if you're being antisocial and then all of a sudden you're super productive and everybody sees how productive you are then they'll understand why you're antisocial and then you'll be even more popular because you've just created something wonderful i guess so maybe i need to ship some of these projects so that uh i, I can experience that yeah 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 you have to bask in the uh in, in the popularity that comes from actually being productive <laughs> right so uh i guess the the, the like the canonical example we should talk about with this is theme did you, music. Did you just use the word canonical? I did. I, is that really a word? Oh yeah, yeah. Things what is that it? Are, are canon? Like uh, you know, they're they're truth. They're okay. They're 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 relevant to the story. They're 
Okay. Um, Canonical. Yeah, I think my my definitions of that were probably pretty weak, but okay, it's all right. <laughs> um, theme music, you know. Mm, obviously, yes. obviously, we haven't uh, we haven't put theme music on this podcast yet. This is only episode two, but there will be theme music. There will be. We both want to do this, mm-hmm. and and, uh, I th- and, I, and I think that this is actually a really great, you know, kind of. This will be a great kind of proof of our creativity or our ability to be creative is if we're able to get some similar to our uh, our proof of being creative of our ability to be creative will be in producing some ball and ass theme music and our proof of being able to uh, give advice on te- technolo- technological advances will be if my recording quality gets any better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I guess we should comment that you have not gone out and picked up an interface yet. All right, look. I, I will get that soon. <laughs> I promise you. But uh, I, I hey, I might have picked up the interface. I just don't have the microphone yet. All right. All right. All right. Well, uh, <laughs> that is that possible. Is. Or maybe not the cables, because that was a big point of the last podcast as well. But yeah, yeah, yeah. we we need theme music, and over the next couple podcasts, you might hear different theme music or a couple different attempts at theme theme music, and. Um, I'm sure that we'll have some discussions relating to how we've uh, we've attempted to record it, or you know, shared our ideas back and forth. Right. So we were talking earlier about commitments to other people being a good way to uh, really force press the issue. Yeah, exactly. So consider this our commitment to to you listening to this that we're going to move forward on theme music, but. We also wanted to get the podcast out the door without the theme music because we didn't want to stall the whole process. We didn't want to wait and add obstacles for ourselves. Right, because generally speaking, Jeff listens to a lot of Brian Eno. And generally speaking, I listen to a lot of David Banner. So <laughs> we're, we're, we're fighting you know, ambient music with Southern hip hop. Right, it'll be I, an interesting. It'll be some interesting theme music. Yeah, yeah. it'll be it'll be good when it happens. <laughs> so, so for next time, hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll have a, a, a draft of that that we can graft onto the uh, onto the podcast. I think we will. Cool. Well, I think this was a successful conversation, Jeff. Yeah, yeah. Good talking um, to you, Keith. Good talking to you. I'm officially out of drink, so I have to go get some more. Yeah, I just polished mine off. Well, Jeff. Until next time. Yeah, right. I guess maybe we should. Uh, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you, Keith? What did we decide my Twitter handle was again? Was it at Keith Reed? I think so. I'm pretty sure it was at Keith Reed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, again, you can find me there. I don't know if I'll respond to you. I'm Jeff Vaughton. Uh, so at Jeff, J E F F V A U T I N. Um, you can find, you, yeah, any feedback you have for us, you can send to feedback at analogbias.com. We also have analogbias.com, so you can just go there and yeah, check yeah. us out. Right. Cool. Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you again in a couple weeks. Absolutely. See you later, Jeff.